All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Ron has his piano back. Can you move that down? And uh, last week he had a he had a he had a guitar and ad lib, but now he's back home with his friend. <laughs> so praise the Lord. Amen. We are children of God. Isn't that a great thing to be? And not just a child, but we're a child with benefits, amen? We have privilege, we have rights, we have authority. God has given his nature on the inside of us and says, you go and do the things that my son Jesus Christ has done. Because of what he has done, we can do those things too as well, amen? Yeah, I mean, we can go to the extreme. We can raise the dead, we can pray for the sick, cast out demons, and, and heal the sick. Do all the things that Jesus did. Isn't that nice? Amen. I haven't raised anybody from the dead yet, but I do have a friend that has. Amen. His first day, his first day as senior pastor of the church, uh, someone died in the back row. What, what a way to start. And uh, he said he went there and he just commanded that guy to come to life. He, was, he had passed away. He was gone for 17 minutes. They revived him and, and he, he prayed for him. They revived him. And uh, I asked him, I go, what were you thinking when you went down there? He said, I wasn't thinking anything. I was just thinking, no one's going to die in my service here when I have the power of God. And he went and he just spoke to him, and the guy rose up. So uh, if, you have, if you come and you're not feeling well, I may be able to do that for you. I'm not sure, but I do have authority to do it. Praise God. Amen. So let's pray for today's message. Father, we thank you that as we come together, we are able to hear your words, that you instruct your people, give them courage and excitement and uh, the power to be the sons of God that you've created them to be. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed, said, amen. amen. There is no greater honor or privilege than to be called a child of God. Can you imagine that? Almighty God says, I want to call you and make you part of my family. Now, you know, children don't adopt their parents. Parents adopt their children or have their naturally born. So we don't have a choice in it. And let's look at this in uh, Ephesians. It says, he chose us in him. <laughs> we didn't choose him. He chose us. The Bible says, before the foundation of the world. The Bible also says he knows those that are his. He knows those that are going to receive him. And I'm just fortunate enough to be, uh, you know, having enough problems where I said, okay, I guess I need you now, Lord. And he came and he rescued me. I didn't have enough sense to, to follow the Lord. I didn't have enough spiritual. I mean, I love the Lord, but I didn't know that I could tap into his spirit and actually become adopted into the family. Praise God. So he predestined us and, and he calls us holy and without blame. And now that's good news for me. That no matter what I've done, where I've been, God says, I'm considering you holy and blameless before me in love. That's because he loved us so much. So God chose to reveal himself to us and draw us by his spirits. That's why we have to scratch our head when I see things and what people are doing. And I wonder, what are they thinking? How, why, what, what brought them to that conclusion? Then I have to realize they're in darkness. They don't have the light of the Lord, and so they're making up things in their own mind, and the, but the Bible says we were delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, that's good news, isn't it? Because when I was younger, I would do things, you know, that I, I just thought I was having fun, but after I got saved, I looked back and go, oh, I was sinning against God, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but God didn't disown me. God didn't give up on me. 
he still held out his hand to me. Now, my mother wanted to disown me. She tried a couple times. She said, I'm disowning you. That's an Italian custom. You know, I'm disowning you. I don't want to have any part of you. And I looked at her and go like, you got to be kidding me. I'm, I'm, I'm your flesh and blood. Well, you can't disown me. And she said, okay, I guess not. Okay, so <laughs> you can still stay in the family. Okay, so here's some of the benefits that we have as children of God. First, we're made in his image. His likeness, we have his DNA, we have his nature on the inside of us. We, he gave us his power, his love, his ability to serve in this world, to live in this world, not go crazy, amen? You could go, if you're just watching the news all day long, you're going to go crazy. You're going to think, what's going on in this world? But we have the kingdom of God, which is manifesting along with the kingdom of Satan. It's a fight. They're going up, we're going up, and there's going to be a battle at the end. And we win. It's not, like watching the Do- it's not like watching the Dodgers because we don't know if they're going to win or not. We, <laughs> we have a heart attack every time they play. It's like, what are they doing? Oh, no, 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 no. But we know who's going to win at the end. Then we have intimacy with him, access to him. We can come to him anytime, anywhere, for any reason. You ever have people when you talk to them and they, they don't want to listen to you? That's, that's frustrating, isn't it? But I need to tell you my problem. I had one lady, she says, she was talking to her doctor, and, and after a while, the doctor said, well, I, I can't, you know, I got to go to my next patient. She goes, but I have to, you know, get it out. I've got some things I want you to talk to me about. He said, I'm sorry, ma'am. And she was telling me that story. Well, that's, Pastor Chuck would never do that to you. He lets you get the whole thing out. And, and so she's spoiled, you know. <laughs> the doctor couldn't help me, but so I'm calling you. Okay, praise God. <laughs> And then he intervenes for us. He calls, we can call upon him. We can ask for help. He will step up and make changes in our lives. He can make miracles happen. How many of you need miracles in your life? You, You know what a miracle is? A miracle is an intervention changing the natural course of events. It's going one way, and you need God to change it and make it go another way. That's what a miracle is. We have access to that. And then he instructs us, instructs us. He says that he will guide us with his eye. He's watching us. He's observing us. He wants to instruct us and tell us which way to go. And we have to be humble enough and meek enough to receive what he has to say to us. Because we can just go right through the stop signs and just make a mess out of our lives. And he said, I was trying to tell you, but you weren't listening. I, I had one friend, well, not a friend, but one minister who had like 11 businesses, and they were all making a million dollars. This is way back when. And uh, so his other friend was doing a a franchise business, and he was making more than a million dollars. And so the man said to the Lord, why didn't you tell me about this opportunity? Why didn't you tell me about this deal? And the Lord said, I was trying to tell you, but you were just too busy. You weren't listening. Amen? That's why we have wives. You know, to tell us, <laughs> you're missing it. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Paul Young Cho, I don't know if you heard about him. Uh, he was, he was, in, uh, he was uh, in South Korea, had the largest church, over a million people. And uh, he was doing some things, and his wife had to instruct him and tell him some things that he wasn't doing. And he said, I am the senior pastor of the biggest church in the world. Why don't you talk to me directly? He said, I was, the Lord said, I was trying to talk to you, but you weren't listening, so I had to go through your wife. Okay, <laughs> praise the Lord. So, and all the ladies said, 
Amen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so there are responsibilities of being a child of God. Did you know that? You just don't walk in and don't do anything. You don't just sit on the couch. I know I can remember this as clear as day when I was about seven years old and I was walking through the kitchen and my mom said, uh, can you, uh, can you uh, take out the trash? And I looked at her like that was the most foreign thing I'd ever heard. I felt like what Jesus said, woman, what has that to do with me? I mean, I just, it's not my time. What, what do you, why? That's dad's job. I don't do that. And she said, you're old enough now to start taking out the trash. What I didn't realize is that was going to be my job for the rest of my life. I have never stopped taking out the trash. <laughs> so the Lord is saying to us, it's time to take responsibility. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But the Bible says that when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I started doing manly things. So what are the responsibilities, you might ask, about being a child of God? Okay. In Ephesians 1, 22 through 23, he says, He has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You might need a little translation on that. Can I help you with this? What the Apostle Paul was saying is the church, which is the body of Christ, is the present physical presence of Christ. His people are to be filled with him by the Holy Spirit and assigned by the Lord Jesus Christ to represent him to society to minister his love, his life, and his power. We are supposed to be God's hands and God's feet in this world. We're supposed to reach out and help someone. When you see, see someone in need, you're supposed to be the one that stands in the gap and does what needs to be done. They're praying up to God, and God can't send an angel. I mean, he can, but he uses us, his children. You know, there's times when uh, I, people will come to me, and they say, well, the Lord told me to come to you and ask you about this. I go, really? <laughs> How'd you get my number? No. No. <laughs> Because I have been through the things that they're going through, I could help them and guide them through that. Praise the Lord. So he wants to use you in being used to be used of God. Now, okay, you might ask, what does the Lord require of me? Don't you ask that sometimes? Lord, what, what do you want me to do? Well, the answer is right here in Micah 6, 8. Are you ready for this? It says, he has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? Three things. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Have you, has anybody, I'm just curious, has anybody ever read that scripture? Let me just see your hand if you see, okay, yeah, yeah. Not as prevalent as I thought it might be, but here it is, right? And so you might say, well, it says here, he has shown you, old man. And I'm thinking, I didn't, he didn't tell me, he hasn't shown me. Don't you feel that way? He, the answer was, he has shown you. Well, what ha where has he shown you? Well, I look at it here, and it's referred to Deuteronomy 10, 12. There's a little footnote. goes back to the Old Testament. It says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord require of you but to fear the Lord, walk in his ways, and love him to serve the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul? So I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. He told me before in his written word 
I'm late bloomer. I didn't accept the Lord till I was 30. I have to play catch up and go figure out all the things that the Lord has told his children, his people, way back when, because I'm coming in here cold. I'm coming in here, you know, fresh, no, not knowing what's gone on before I got here. Amen? So I, I studied the Bible. I read the whole thing. I wanted to see exactly what did he say? What am I supposed to do? What does he require of me? What, is he, what power has he given me? What, so I went to church every Sunday. Come on, talk to me. Every Sunday. Every Wednesday. I went to Bible study. I went to prayer meeting. I went to every. I wanted to know exactly everything God has said prior to that point. Because how can he teach you to go further if you don't do what he's already told you in the past? Amen? It's kind of like, have you ever taken a test in school and you, you take the test and there's a question on there that you didn't know, you hadn't seen before? So you go to the teacher and you say, uh, where, I, did you cover that? We never saw that anywhere. And the teacher would say, oh, we covered that the first day of school. Oh, man, what are you talking, the first day of school? Who can remember far, that far back? Well, that's what the Lord is saying. you got to go back and see what I told you in the first day of school, in the very beginning. I told you all this, that what does the, require, the Lord require of you? Otherwise, we're walking around, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? What, what, what? No, just read it right here. It says to do what? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Well, let's break that down a little bit. Do justly. What does that mean? That means in your business affairs, your transactions, to be fair right? In the olden days, what they used to do is they used to change the weight when they measured uh, a product. Like if you're going to buy something, they would have a heavier weight if they were going to receive it or a lighter weight if they're going to give it so that they would tip the scales. Today, you know, you just put your hand on the scale. Oh, let's see how that looks. Oh, you got your hand. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I got my hand on there. <laughs> because you, you want to you cheat a little bit. It's a, it's a temptation, isn't it? I mean, what are your temptations? I mean, uh, do, do you, do you, when you trade in a car, do you don't tell them that it's going to blow up in a month or so, right? Here, okay, it's trade in. It's, yeah, it's work, working good. Yeah, working good. Or when you trade it in, do you park it near a bush so that they can't see the dent in the, fe in the fender? Who, who would ever do something like that? Well, thank God that we're forgiven of all of our sins. Amen. When you go to the market <laughs> and the checker makes a mistake, do you say, oh, well, the Lord is blessing me. You know, we went down, I went to Porto's yesterday uh, to pick up the croissants for the men. And they go, did you pay for this already? No, I didn't pay for it yet. <laughs> Just that little hesitation made me realize that there's still something inside here that would have gladly walked away and walked out with it and say, man, the Lord's blessing us. Amen. No, you have to be just in all that you do. Praise God. Then it says what? To love mercy. He said, not just do mercy. Love mercy. Love being merciful to someone. Someone that's you know, done you wrong and you want to forgive them. To let, oh, I want to do that for you. Situations that come up. Now, the Bible says this, listen to this. It's the kindness of man that makes a man attractive. 
Isn't that wonderful? It's the kind, being kind, and for ladies as well, men look at women that are kind. They don't want a bullish woman or a bullish man or an authoritative person. They want someone kind. That's what the, actually, Marianne, when she saw me, she said, oh, he's such a kind man. He's taking care of these blind people and so pleasant to them. She said, oh, I want that at my, I want that. What she didn't realize, I just could do that for an hour, but, you know, take me home and I'm just my natural self. So I had to learn how to be kind, amen? Do you forgive people? The definition of mercy here is kindness, tenderness, unfailing love. So you have to be kind to one another. Let's look at slide 50 in Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. It says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ in, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. So the same measure that God has forgiven you in Christ, you have to forgive others. Can't do it in your natural self. You have to ask the Lord, forgive them for what they've done. Praise the Lord. Okay, third thing, to walk humbly before your God. It doesn't mean to be downcast or feel like you're unworthy. It means to humbly, meekly walk with the Lord. Let him instruct you and tell you what to, go, what to do. The Bible says, the meek shall inherit the earth. That's a pretty big promise, isn't it? And the Bible says Moses was the most humblest, meekest man in all the earth. And God spoke to him as a friend face to face. Do you want God to speak to you? Be meek. Don't think that you have it all in your own self, but say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, I'm willing to yield to you. Show me, teach me the way that I'm supposed to go. Let's look at this in slide 51. It says, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinner in the way. The humble he guides in justice. And the humble, he teaches his way. Now, I, I, we have a good friend, Pastor O'Neill. He's not with us anymore. He went up to heaven. So praise the Lord. We have to keep living here on earth. And he told me this story. He told me he's going to Orlando, Florida to go to Disney World. And I said, well, that's praise God, hallelujah. And, and so he came back, and he goes, you won't believe what happened to me. I go, what, Pastor O'Neill? He says, I won a car. I go, how did you win a car? He said, well, we got to the turnstile, and there was an elderly man that was trying to get through. And so I didn't push him aside. Any, anybody, any of you do that? Excuse me, I think I was here first. No. <laughs> he said... He said, oh, excuse me, you may go ahead, go, go on through. So the guy went in through, and then Pastor O'Neill stepped through, and the lights and the buzzers and everything went off. He goes, what happened? He goes, you're the one millionth customer, we're giving you a free car. I go, you got to be kidding me. He goes, yeah, it's right outside, check it out. So whenever I come into that situation where there's a little old lady, a little old man, somebody having troubles, I let them go first. Now, I may not win a car, but God is watching me, amen? And he's giving us a reward for everything that we do. If we give just a cup of cold water to a child, he said, we will in no wise lose our reward. That's good news, amen? So what does the Lord require of you? Let's, let's recap. Do justly, right? Uh, what's the other one? Love, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I love being merciful and to do and to walk humbly before the Lord. Praise God. So let's, uh, a couple more scriptures. 
let's look at Romans 8:17. It says, Now if we are the children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If we indeed share his sufferings in order that we also may share in his glory. And the next slide says, For I reckon, he's a, he's a country guy, right? For I reckon <laughs> that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For, for the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestations of the Son of God. We are supposed to manifest ourselves in this world. We are supposed to do things that other people wouldn't do, but because we're a child of God, we step in. We step in and make a difference for them. We, we were playing basketball the other day, and we were on one court, and there were some hoodlums on the other side. <laughs> I mean, legitimate hoodlums, okay? <laughs> I mean, they had their, you know, bebop music playing, and they're cursing, and they're doing all this stuff. And usually I'm the one that steps in and goes, okay, brothers, you know, let's cool it, okay? But uh, my friend Amir, who's a Muslim, he goes, pa Pastor, can you? I go, ah, I'm not even paying attention. I got, I got more things to concentrate on here. And, and so they're going on, and, 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 and the jukebox is yelling, and they're screaming at each other. And so their game ended. We're still playing. And all of a sudden, and these guys are friends, they start arguing and yelling at each other, and cussing at each other, saying, well, you didn't pay the bill the last time we went out. You ignored it. You walked right out. Ah, you know, I'm tired of that. They're arguing about this, and they're sounding just like the music they were playing. So my Christian friend goes, I'm going to take care of this. He went over to his wallet, got $40 out, walked over, and said, what's the problem here? He goes, well, you know, you heard what we were saying. He goes, here's, here's $40. Just, you know, you don't have to argue about it. And they, look and they, they, were in they were stunned. Oh, no, 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 that's okay. Forget it. Okay, we're, we're, we'll be peaceful here. They stepped in. They manifested the presence of God. Amen? You can make a difference in somebody's life. I learned this in our old church. Marianne gave the address earlier. <laughs> Thank you for remembering. <laughs> But the pastor was giving a message in our little Bible study in the office. And one of the ladies, the young ladies, comes running up and she was having an anxiety attack. You know, and she comes running up to the pastor and he's just got done ministry and he had the spirit of the Lord upon him. And so she's saying, Pastor, I, I just, I, I don't know what's going on in my mind. I don't know what's happening. And he just looked at her. He didn't pray for her and he just said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And like she could feel the wave of the spirit. Just touch her and calm her down. I go, I like that. <laughs> so whenever I see people arguing or fighting or having problems, Jesus, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, come, I'm invoking your presence into the situation. We are the manifested sons of God. Amen? So a, a couple more scriptures. Let's look at uh, John 5, 19. Because we're supposed to be Jesus in this world. And we're not supposed to act on our own behalf. We're not renegades. We're not, we're not Rambos. We're, we're in the body of Christ, right? 519 says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son of God can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. Whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Amen. Whatever you see, whatever you hear from the Lord. 
Let's look at the next slide. It says, For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment which I should say and what I should speak. So we are going to have this uh, uh, barbecue here, right? And so we're thinking, well, you know, what can we do? Who, who, who would be a good chef? You know, Pastor Charlie's gone. You know, he was our chef. Uh, who, does anybody want to cook like a lot of hamburgers or a lot of hot dogs in the heat in the sun? And I, I looked around, and I said, well, Brother Richard, no, I don't think so. Brother Richard has enough things to do in his life, okay? I can just see him over the grill sweating and, you know, saying, okay, how, how many more hamburgers you guys want? <laughs> so the Lord spoke to me and said, call your friend's uh, uh, son who has a barbecue grill business. And so I talked to him in the same address that you were talking about. And, and <laughs> my son and my wife said, well, we haven't talked to them for such a long time. You know, what, what do you think he would do it? And is it going to be good enough? So I looked online. Oh, he has, a, he has this truck, and he actually parks it now out, out on our, our parking lot and, uh, during the week. And so I called him, and I said, hey, Lamar, hmm. <laughs> can you help me? <laughs> We, got, we need 100 hamburgers, and we need 100 hot dogs, and can you tell me if you can do it? And so his mom typed up an invoice. She's going to give us the hamburgers, the hot dogs, the chips, the, the uh, water at a phenomenal price. And I, so I went there to, to check him out yesterday, and he, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that for you. And that's just the hand of God. I'm only, I'm only seeing what the Lord has shown me in our lives when we, when we talk to him. You know, it's nice that Marianne, he, she's retired now, so when we have projects, we get together and we pray and we say, okay, what can we do? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do the men's breakfast? And my son comes up, let's, let's play darts. I go, oh, come on, you know, we don't, we're, we're over that. <laughs> but that was a huge success. Everybody wanted to play darts. And, and, and Don and John, you know, jumped at the chance of practicing ahead of time. And John actually hit a bullseye. Yeah, we have it on Facebook. He hit a bullseye. But Don actually was the overall winner. And it was almost, can we, can we show you that slide of them, uh, that picture of them? It, it was almost predestined because look, at the, the, what he won matches his shirt completely. It's like, I'm ready. Just, just give it to me. And what's funny is we actually ordered a black and white one, and we got this one instead, but, you know, the Lord knew. Praise God. Amen. I, I used to do that at my other church, you know, whenever we had a picnic and we were going to play softball or something. I'd practice ahead of time. And they couldn't understand, why, why are you so good at this? I go, I practice. <laughs> and we're supposed to practice before we get into this world. Okay, last couple of things. Here's just some thoughts as a child of God. We're born from above. Amen? We're born again means born from above. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and with favor with God and man. We're supposed to grow in wisdom and stature. He says, I only do those things my father's does. I must be about my father's business. You have to imitate your father, which is in heaven. 
You've got to evangelize. He came to save those that were lost. We're supposed to do the same thing. Not my will, but yours be done, Lord God. Amen? I must do the works of him that sent me. We all have a, pa- a, a purpose and a plan for our lives. And what are we supposed to do? The three things to uh, do justly, to love mercy, hallelujah, and to walk humbly with the Lord. So let's see. The last things here. Um, the last uh, three points to remember as we leave. You are a child of God. Know it, walk in it, believe in it. You have his ability on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Amen. And you have to reach out with his life, with his love and power. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, for, thank you for bringing us here together. We thank you Lord, that we have you as our Lord and Savior. We thank you that we're children of the Most High walking in his newness and in his life and in his goodness. So if you're out there and you say, I have not accepted the Lord, I have not become a child of God, you can write today by just saying, Lord, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life, forgive me of my sins, and let me walk with you all the days of my life. If you've gone astray and you haven't you know, tapped into the Lord or you've loosened your grip on him, you can also come back and say, Father, thank you for not giving up on me, not disowning me, but staying with me to the end. So I ask you, Lord, to be with me, guide with me. Let me come back into fellowship with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I do that every week because, you know, one time we had someone that came and he rededicated his life when we were out on the lawn. And it wasn't like two months later, he actually passed away and died. And we know he went to heaven because he rededicated his life. And so you never know who is going to receive this and change their heart and their life. So we're going to uh, do communion right now as Pat and Ron come up. And what a glorious thing. Jesus said, I want you to remember what I did for you. I want you to remember how I sacrificed myself so that you can be freed from sins and you can become a child of God. So when he is with his disciples in the upper room, At the Last Supper, he said, as oft as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. So, Father, we just thank you for the cup symbolizing the blood of Jesus, the bread symbolizing his body. We take it in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stay in your seats, and they're going to come to you and give you the cup.
Praise the Lord. You can peel off the top layer there and take the, the wafer symbolizing the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that you sent your son. You gave him a body that could offer a sacrifice for us. We thank you that he lived a perfect life and we thank you for it. We take and eat of the wafer representing the body of Christ. blood that was shed, how wonderful a sacrifice that was for us, because it removed us from all sin. We thank you, Lord God, that it's because of the blood we're adopted into the family. Take and drink of the blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's a spiritual impartation now when you take that. I don't know if you can feel it, but it's, a, it's an anointing that comes from obeying the Lord and acknowledging Him as His sacrifice for us. Thank you, Lord, for you are God. You are God in our lives. We owe it all to you, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.